0: Welcome to the HR Matters Podcast. HR matters because people matter, a place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with news and topics that really matter and insights into the changes you can make in your organization today. For HR professionals, managers, and anyone who has a keen investment in the people within their organization. Featuring Meyerlein Fluch. Hello. Lisa Dempsey. Hi and myself, Shay Harty. Take it away.
1: Yeah, so um, I recently met someone uh, uh, and we were talking about work and um, <clears throat> I thought it was, this was someone who has a really interesting story about what she did at work. Uh, 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 it's Jo, and she's joining us today uh, as a guest on our podcast. She's a senior marketing director at a large corporate and um what really impressed me about what she told me is that she managed to um uh, reshuffle the people in her teams in her marketing teams to really bring out the best in them which not only um brought great business results but made those people more uh, happy in their work uh and uh i think it made her quite well uh, I don't know. Proud, maybe. Joe, tell us. How did you? How did you feel when you managed this? How did it go? Um, I think it would be really interesting to hear from you um, how this went and what you brought to it and what you needed from other
2: people. Yeah, great. Um, happy to talk to you guys today about um, this um, little projects that I've had over the last few years. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries it hasn't happened just once kind of um over the last few years i think you as hr professionals always know that business is transforming so much um and the constant transformation often means that um people are sometimes in a a role that isn't quite suited for them or in a role that they're not showing their best yeah so um i think it's really difficult sometimes when you've got somebody that really wants to be part of the company and wants to be part of the team but isn't performing and isn't meeting their goals just because the job isn't quite the right fit anymore or the needs or the requirements of the role aren't quite the right fit anymore so um there's been a couple of iterations of of what i've done um i like to call it an extended game of chess um because it's often about moving people strategically um to get the best results um and I think when I say result from a company perspective, definitely that's what the company is looking for me to do with the team, just to resource and put the right people in the right roles to get the most out of them. But um, I kind of, that's not my primary objective because my primary objective is always about the person and making sure that they're getting a fulfilled career and making sure that they're having, um, they're able to achieve their goals. Um, because if they can do that then you're going to get the secondary benefit for the company anyway so it's kind of flipping it on its head a bit and that's why I'm on this um, podcast a bit anonymously because I know that that's not necessarily what my company would want me to say ah okay so it was it's something within the company
3: isn't readily recognized but you've seen it and you're going after the value in that it
2: sounds like yeah 100% I think I love that you get happier people um, as your primary objective they work faster they work easier they join up projects they drive things off their own volition um, and then you get the better result for the company but yeah um, I think if I told my manager that I was doing this to help somebody else in their career as a primary objective (laughs) um, it would um, it wouldn't be the first thing that uh, I would get approval for. (laughs) Right, but isn't that interesting that you kind of have to do this covertly? Yeah, to to a point. I think um, there's always a different sales patois that I have to give to my management when going through this than I have to give to the individuals when um, when talking to them about the different opportunities. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, It's almost having, being a salesperson (laughs) to to play this game, but um, a salesperson of roles.
0: Can I ask, how did you sell it? Because I'm sure other managers go through the same thing where uh, the company isn't as interested in the primary objective of helping people in their career as they are in the results. So how did you present it to them or sell it to them so that they could see the benefit?
2: So um, if I think back to an example just one year ago I had um, somebody coming back from from leave um, she'd been off for a couple of oh, I think, three or four months um, and as lots of women do at certain times in their life and they came back and the, the person that had taken over temporarily um, suddenly there's a lot of competition between them and both were almost vying for the same role and actually I thought this isn't very healthy they're not there's a lot of overlap there's a lot of duplication and what do both of them really want they're both talented individuals we want to keep them in the team but um they're very similar in lots of ways and how can we make an opportunity here so um i joined a lot of calls i took active interest in their projects i spent a lot of time with them one-to-one to to find out what their motivations were and what they really wanted and i really felt that we are at risk of losing both if not one of them from the organization so um, I asked them to look at their job descriptions to see what was relevant and not relevant anymore and from their workload what was working and what wasn't working and everything that I'd noticed they'd actually recognised as well. So it was just about giving them the opportunity to to talk about it really and to say well this works this doesn't and actually I'd like to go for something else or I think this would be a better fit and it was <sighs> a, yeah. That's so, great, <laughs> um, but it doesn't. It takes time, and I think you have to, as a manager, spend a lot of time with your team to understand all of that. Um, and that's what I really enjoy about my role is 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 the people side of it. Um, but we had um, we had a, 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 very, a very good project manager, but in a specialist marketing role, and that didn't quite work um, because the business partner wanted marketing rather than project management. Um, and I had these two candidates who were who were awesome um, at marketing um, and we just had to create an opportunity for the project manager to 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 move on um, into a project manager role within the organization that had come up and then find the right fit for the candidates Um, and one of them really wanted uh, a lot of her own remit again she the team had grown a lot while she'd been away, and she wanted to have something that she could focus on and be the one point person for um and so we created that opportunity, which worked really well for the business partner who wanted one person to go to rather than six different people uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and can um, I ask a
3: question yeah, on it. just on that in that you know'cause i love I love this narrative that you're giving about tuning in with them, staying in touch with them finding out you know what it was that was working not Mm. working Mm. and then having this very open conversation with them and it sounds like something really important happened in that and then you needed to wait for this other opportunity for sort of this other window to open of this project manager who also needed to move into a different kind of role to to open the spaces up on the chessboard to be able to move the things around so what did you do in that awkward interim time to keep the people interested and engaged? You know, it's out there and it's known that there's mm-hmm. some frustration. You've yeah. had the conversation. There's not an immediate answer. What did you do to keep them, you know, focused,
2: engaged, uh, productive enough during that period? So for, for one, um we engaged with a coach actually. So um, we work, We got her in touch with a coach and got her some coaching sessions so she could okay. articulate what she'd been saying to her managers, to somebody else right. and feel like that we were really listening um, because we were. Um, and um, for the other, asked them to look at other projects um, or uh, things, external training opportunities that they could do in the interim while something was coming up. Um, So it is often a bit of a waiting game for companies when there is, you can't just keep increasing the FTE. You have to say, (laughs) um, stay within your budgets and stay within everything else. But um, I think that the the, the coach gave us an opportunity to say, look, we're listening, we're invested. It's just a matter of time. Um, And I think also going to external training really helped. Help um,
3: okay. the other person at the same time as well. Yeah, and
2: managing and great.
1: managing those expectations as well. You can't fix anything like that, like a magic bullet. It's, it it takes some time to reshuffle and make that space. And mm-hmm. so it's great that you brought in the co- uh, in a coach, but it's it's probably for both sides of the ing- organization and the person uh, themselves uh, to know that that takes a bit of time.
2: Yeah, and I think on time we're currently in another iteration of this and and I'm right in the middle of it so I can't talk about it too much at the moment but Mm -hmm. um we've had somebody waiting for nearly nine months um for a gap (laughs) to appear um but I speak with him nearly monthly that and we talk through I'm just very transparent with where we are with the plan and what's happening and you know what um what needs to be done but also in the meantime make sure that he's fully networking across the rest of the business so meeting different business partners traveling to different meetings um ensuring that he's being kept um engaged in different ways and he's learning new things about the company um and different people so um yeah we're we're waiting for a gap at the moment for for him but he's, he's been very patient for nine months so um i think people can do that when they trust you um and we know my current team have have seen me do this with other people, and hopefully know that they can trust me to do the right thing by the, even if it right. takes time. Yeah, well, helps. yeah, they've seen me
3: do it. <laughs> I think the trust thing is so important in it. You know, and it sounds like the the transparency as well. I mean, I can imagine just having had that open conversation with them once you recognized and you know, in the first example that there were two people that were kind of competing with one another, and there was a level of discomfort. I think. What I've seen happen so frequently is that a lot of managers will get really lost in that and will avoid that uncomfortable conversation. And then tensions build and build and build. And finally, it's only when everybody is at the boiling over point that, you know, there's a real conversation that's had, you know, HR is drawn in or somebody else is pulled into the mix and people are screaming at that point, you know, it has Mm -hmm. to be fixed. So it sounds like by, you know, tuning into your team and being transparent and having those conversations did a lot to build that foundation of trust. And then you keep up with it by continuing to have the conversations. So does, does that sound accurate? That's what I'm sort of hearing you
2: described. Is that? Yeah, it was. it's almost that I saw it and got in there before it became a major problem and before... Um you know we as I said we were at risk of potentially losing um one if not both of them and and actually by addressing it a bit more head-on a bit more proactively um and recognizing that there was an issue um and articulating that um it it definitely helped and we've now you know retained amazing talent within the business both areas of the business that these individuals work for absolutely flying the results Mm, have been phenomenal um really, really phenomenal on both sides. So um, I do feel particularly smug about this one. (laughs) (laughs) As I think you should. I
3: mean, I think it's, I think it's really exciting. And I have so many questions that, that actually pop up. Um, I'm curious about the results, but actually before we get to the results, but what led you to this way of thinking and doing? How, how did you land in this place where you started
2: undertaking these kinds of activities? so um in my first role for this company about six years ago um i joined as a very inexperienced manager i hadn't really managed any i've managed you know third parties and things before but um i could just see how how much the teams were struggling and at that point it wasn't with each other it was with the workload and so i guess my management style adapted um quite quickly being um inexperienced and, and then having a team of four and then Um, and then a growing team from that. Um, But as I mentioned, when I came back from leave um, a couple of years ago, the company hugely transformed in the time i have been away um, very rapidly. And I just knew how uncomfortable I felt in, in, so it was almost from personal experience, um, when the the business needs had changed so quickly, and I felt my job didn't really work and fit anymore. So I had to do this with my manager, and I had to do it proactively myself because I just thought this isn't working anymore and we need to rethink how all of our teams are working and how we work and interact with each other. Um, so when I worked with my previous team a couple of years ago through this, I guess that was quite a big learning curve. And um, some sometimes I won the chess game there and other times <laughs> I didn't. Um, mm. yeah. And there was one individual where the time we couldn't give her what she needed in the time. And um, she was, I, th- I would say the one person who's left the business before it was time for them to leave. Um, and I, I feel quite strongly that that we could have done more for her um, and that um, it was unfair for us to ask her to wait so long for the right thing to come up. So yeah, I guess I'm learning every time that we're doing this transformations and, and, and these games, but um, it, it, yeah, when it doesn't go right, you, I feel it. And like, even a year on from that individual leaving, I still feel like still bugs you. It, it bothers me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, it bothers me a lot. So I'm really conscious not to let anybody slip through um, again. But.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, but that's great. How wonderful to to take your own learning experiences and what you experienced as an employee proactively take things on and then recognize that, you know, the people who work for you when you came into the management role as a new manager, that they're going to experience really similar things and just a you know tremendous amount of really productive empathy. You know, really important empathy of understanding where people are at and what they need. And also that it it is a loss to the business when talented people go. Mm Productive empathy, I like that. I'm, I'm writing that one down. <laughs> I'm gonna use that one. Productive empathy, yes. Productive empathy, yeah. I think empathy has a bad name in business, right? Yeah. I think people misunderstand it so often. It feels like, oh no. Business is business and we're not here to be soft and cushy people. Yeah. Well, I think, actually, I think, business is all about people. We need to have a lot of empathy. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think people mix up empathy with sympathy, where sympathy you just go along with. And empathy is, you know, finding information and listening to the other pe- person and uh, uh, making good use of that information coming from a good place. Yeah, yeah. I think it's tuning into that. Yeah,
3: yeah yeah that's great
1: so joe when you um when you were doing this and you were already hinting that you got great results from from making these moves and helping these people out with their next uh next career steps you, I, you said you couldn't openly tell Tell the organization what your own motives were, but you could definitely show the results. Mm-hmm. Did you get um, Did you get help from uh, your management? Did you get help from uh, HR? What did you need to make this happen, and how did that go? Did you pull it from the scraps that you found, or did you get resources, or what were the essential things for you to make this happen?
2: So there was a couple of things that were really helpful. So um... the the biggest thing was the support from HR in terms of benchmarking a role. So taking a job description from five or six years ago, making it sure it was suitable now for the market, um, Mm -hmm. because actually what we found was that through this company transformation, um, marketing had been a bit left behind in terms of salary and various other things and wasn't very competitive anymore. So although there were lots of kind of soft benefits for the employees as well, um, there was also some some hard cash, like extra hard cash as well. Um, not a huge amounts, but definitely um, enough to incentivize people to you know, have the conversation. Um, but I think HR was very fair um, in those analysis. Um, and I think our HR has really stepped up in terms of benchmarking across different industries and things now as well, whereas we only ever really looked before within the company. And the other thing that was really helpful was having some flexibility to have um interim support where required to take on some of those tasks that we'd identified that we could start winding down that weren't really part of the role or scope and have been really dragging these individuals down so we had some really we, we had a freelancer come in um to do some uh more menial tasks should we say but um people had outgrown until we could wind them up um, so I think there was a couple of things that, that we got support from from management in terms of budget for those things um, and from HR. Did you hire uh, new people as well or was it just
1: reshuffling?
2: No, um, actually in the iteration one year ago, uh, no new people, just, um, just reshuffling into the right roles um, and dropping the things that didn't really need to be done anymore. Um and then Ooh, that's so important. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a
1: big move.
2: <laughs> yeah. Legacy, legacy things that people didn't even know that we did anymore that we were just churning out. Um and a couple of years ago, no, it was it was a much bigger one, much bigger reshuffle, but um use existing people and again just a lot of rescoping roles with um with HR and Um, in that opportunity actually we we found the funds and outsourced a really big project to um, an agency and that relieved a lot of time pressure from the teams and that meant we were able to do the big reshuffle so yeah it's not just about people it's about where else you can divert projects to sometimes as well right yeah that's great
3: Joe, could you just give us a really quick high-level overview of the the business results that were created because i think you know obviously we're people people so we're all excited about the the people dynamics but
2: you mentioned that there were real business results yeah so um a couple of real highlights um we do an annual um i guess uh, report <laughs> for want of a better word um which yes. goes out to all of our um everyone in our industry it's a it's a really interesting trends-led thought leadership piece and um we do that every year um and the first year that the new person post reshuffle took over the downloads increased by 25 percent in the first wow. in the first month <laughs> um we developed a huge uh, tail campaign afterwards which was fantastic um hadn't done that before broke it into more chunks than we had before. Just generally the whole thing was much better for the business, generated a lot more leads. Um, That was a really exciting piece and a a massive project that was just done by somebody who was so passionate about it and really knew how to move it to the next level. Ah, yeah. Um, really important, isn't it? Super important. Um, Yeah. And because they hadn't done it before, It was new and it was fresh for them whereas Mm. the person previously it was the third or fourth time that they'd done it and Mm -hmm. i think just that that freshness that fatigue had been setting in um, in redoing the project so that was one really great result um another brilliant result was as i mentioned taking a very large piece of work that was taking up a lot of time um for different people to do but was also being done very inconsistently um across different markets and outsourcing that to a centralized agency um within the first month of the agency producing um the first piece of work which was a another piece of thought leadership content it had been submitted and won an award for journalism (laughs) Uh (laughs) um like really you know obviously we can write on the publicity of that as well because it's our, our magazine that we wrote the agency on but um really phenomenal that they can just have that consistency and save everybody in the business loads of loads of time but um also have amazing results straight away um for customers
3: so yeah free up time and space within the team for them to play to their strengths and outsource the stuff that just wasn't
2: going well and immediately you see the result yeah so yeah just a couple of really strong examples there um that allowed then I think a lot of knock-on effect for the team to put their efforts and energy into other things like making the event that they were working on absolutely the best ever, like or or sending out another campaign and generating a, ha- a few more leads. Um, I think one of the other highlights was of getting the right person in the right role for the business partner that wanted to have just one point of contact. Um, was um, within the first quarter of them working on that, um, sending out the first ever campaign. They'd never had a campaign before um, that actually drove leads and drove sales for the business. So um, just having the focus to talk to one person meant that they could get themselves organized and um, push something forward. So, yeah, a few really good examples.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And what a powerful example of really putting somebody – in their strengths mm-hmm. and then watching them perform really well.
1: Yeah. We've, we've talked about that before. Like when you have good people in your organization, really all you need to do is get out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it sounds like, you know, it's, it, that's yeah. what it, that's what happens when it's, it's a really good real life example of, of, uh, of that.
3: Yeah. So but I think it's so easy for, and in my experience at least, Especially for you know line managers, it's really easy for them to assume that when somebody's struggling with performance, it's because they, as a human being, are just not talented as opposed to seeing the this opportunity and exactly what I hear you describing, Joe of you know this is a very talented person, just not in this role, mm-hmm. so we need to you know play that game of chess and find how can we put everybody in a
2: strengths-based position. Mm. I think that was one of the things on the strengths-based um, that you mentioned. We we did do strengths StrengthsFinder um, a few years ago. Um, okay. And and I forgot to mention that, actually, because it was interesting in what it threw out for the teams um, to a point. I mean, myself, I didn't really... Um, like the process of it I thought it was a bit formulaic um but actually now when I review the results and where people are in their roles it's pretty accurate so yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like doing it but and I didn't rate it at the time but now like with a bit of maturity and reflection and distance from it I can see that type of methodology does sometimes really help yeah yeah
3: well you know I think you can tune into people's strengths without necessarily having to follow that very strict formulaic methodology. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you already had a bit of a natural inclination to do that by tuning into your people, Mm -hmm. listening to what it is that they're saying, you know, and and digging below the surface. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hear sort of a bit of a process of digging below what it is that they're saying and what what's motivating that as opposed to just staying at that surface level, hearing somebody complain, and then just kind of writing it off because it's inconvenient for you or it feels like an extra thing to do that you just don't have time for. And I think that, you know, this is a, you are a spectacular example of somebody who is winning in your business field because you're tuning into people and you're taking time and you're setting that as a priority. And I think that's huge agree great yeah
1: yeah so joe if if you or anyone else were to do this in a different team what was what would be the one tip that you would give them what would they need
2: or how could they start approaching this um i think the one tip has to be to start with listening to your team but not just listening to them really really listening to them and finding out what they mean when they you say I can't do something or I'm frustrated or this is annoying me just getting to the bottom of that and finding it listening to their motivation rather than their complaint um because I think yeah. from that that's where you start the conversation and um, and that's where you can start okay well how can I make this person happy because that's really what's important that's why we're here on this earth is not you know to do jobs Is <laughs> like you know how can we make each other happy um and then how can we how can we make the work better and therefore how can we give back to the company? Um, but that all comes from listening at the start.
1: Yeah. I like yeah. that. Really listening, listening to the person and to the motivation rather than just the complaints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Space powerful. yeah. Powerful
3: stuff. Well, you know what I, what I love in you know, the, this example that Joe is bringing to life is, is indeed really tuning into people and getting past that surface and tune in and the value that's created by doing that you know not only are you happier as as a manager because you're working with people who feel like they're being seen and heard they're able to deliver better in their roles and they're feeling better they're feeling happier at work and the business is winning too um know, it's this magic alchemy that it takes a long time and i think that's what i'm i'm hearing as well in joe's story is just the willingness to take that long deep breath and hold out and stay with it rather than getting frustrated when after a week nothing yeah. has changed
1: yeah that's that would be my that, that's a really good take from me something that i take from this is uh you know managing those expectations and being transparent and being honest about that and also filling up the space with something you can provide, whether it's coaching or something else, you know, and can be loads of small things as well. I think if you really listen to the person, you know what's going to help them uh, get through that time. If you can, that's going to help you identify the right thing too.
0: What I really liked was um, when you first started, you said the primary objective is to help people in their career. I think a lot of companies tend to forget that, that it it should be a primary objective because in doing that, the business will grow once people are in the right role, doing the things that bring them uh, meaning to their life purpose. And we're starting to see an even bigger trend these days when more and more people, millennials and the generation behind them are just going to walk away from companies that actually don't care. Mm-hmm. When they act like they don't care, it shows it's not going to feel motivating for anyone in their job. So I think it is important yeah. that we continue, that we have people like you, but even that other companies, other leaders continue to make a primary objective about the people that are working there. And that in turn will fuel the results and the, the better return on investment and things like that.
3: Yeah. Well, and even contribute to those purpose driven organizations right because people are looking for more purpose in their work and more purpose from the people they're working with and it's and I think there there also needs to there needs to be ROI but there needs there's something beyond ROI that needs to be built as well yeah. and i think all of this contributes a lot to and that and that's
1: that's even so, that's only going to get stronger and bigger with uh, with what we see ahead of us in the in the in the job market basically well, thank you, thank yeah. you so much, Joe, for being our guest today and telling your story. Because, as we said, this is a really good example of what can be in the ways of of um, being human in the workplace, and in the way of results and and the speed of that, and the joy that it brought to to uh, your team and and well, the, the 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 pride that it brought you. I think you should be proud and happy with this and uh thanks for sharing your inspiration
3: with us joe it's been a real pleasure
1: and uh well thanks everyone for listening um you can listen to our podcast directly online it's uh, also easy to find us and subscribe on itunes and google Podcasts or spotify um so you can be sure that you're the first to learn about our latest episodes uh we'd also love it if you could give us a rating and review um we'd like to hear your feedback and topic requests on social media or uh uh, through these apps and um if there's anything in particular on your mind in the workplace then do let us know and we can discuss that as well um until next time bye-bye bye bye